Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. So we recently had a cancer scare, is that the word? Yeah, we did. That honestly was a few weeks now ago, but um, it was pretty scary. Yeah, we were actually here recording, and I got a call from my doctor, and I walked out immediately because I had had a mole recently removed, and she called me to tell me that it was melanoma, and so it was pretty scary. Melanoma is nothing to mess with. No. I didn't honestly know that like we were having lunch with our guest for uh family life today program that day and you just took this call out of the room i'm like you don't take calls in the middle of that and you came back with this look on your face like this is serious Mm -hmm. and so i had surgery and actually my brother was great because i couldn't get into a local hospital until august and this was in june And my brother pulled some strings and he got me into the James at Ohio State University within two days. And they said, come down and we'll do a consult. And I said, well, is there any way, because I have to drive four hours, that we can do the surgery in the same day? And they said, yeah, we don't really do that. And so I just told you pretty nonchalant, hey, I'm going to drive down to Ohio, four-hour drive, and I'll be back the same night. Between the phone call... And the weeks leading up to that, I started to study melanoma. I mean, honestly. What? You never even told me this. Well, here we are. I tell you in public on air. But, um, no, honestly, I didn't know melanoma was that serious. I thought oh, it was a little mole. You know, they're going to cut off a little tiny piece of your mole. And I probably got a couple of those. Anyway, as I just researched a little bit, I was like, wow, this is. Serious, serious. I yeah, mean, we've had could friends pass away from this. Just recently, we sat at Gary's funeral, and his was a mm-hmm. melanoma that he didn't deal with for months. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you were right on top of it, and then your brother, Jim, shout out to Jim Barron, getting you uh, into one of the top cancer institutes in the country down in Columbus, Ohio, which was a four-hour drive from us. So... Uh, you tell me that, hey, I'm going down to Columbus this week, and they're not going to do surgery. I'm just going to have an appointment. They're going to just basically look at your your tests and decide, right? Yeah. And I felt a real peace about this for some reason. I felt like God was really protecting me, equipping me. I wondered, like, will Dave want to go with me? But I knew you had some, we had some interviews that day, which I had to get out of. And so I didn't expect that you would go with me because it was just a conflict. Well, well, we're sort of dancing around what actually happened is I did not go. We both thought you're just going down to like a normal doctor's appointment. He's going to say, yep, we need to do the surgery. Let's schedule it for the next week or two. Long story short is so, you know, Anne goes down. Yeah, I get there and they look at it and they said, well, how would you feel about doing the surgery today? And I said, awesome, because then I don't have to make another trip down here. Had the surgery and I hadn't looked at the incision. 
It was on on your tricep. Yeah, my right tricep. And so my brother, who lives in town, said, let's meet for lunch before you drive back to Michigan. And so we're eating lunch, and he goes, well, can I see it? And they taped it. They didn't put sutures in. They just, which is amazing, they just glued it and put this tape over it. Sutures were on the inside. Yeah, you could see the incision, and it was probably eight inches long. It was from like the back of your elbow to almost your armpit. (laughs) And my brother's face was like, whoa. And then my brother said, where is Dave? And I said, oh, we had some responsibilities. And he didn't know that I was going to have the surgery. And he said, where is Dave? And I said, what are you talking? I just told you. And he said, your husband should be with you. And then my brother's wife came to lunch and she said, where is Dave? And so they were teasing, but they were very serious. And my sister-in-law said, when the word cancer is involved, I think your spouse should be with you, especially now you have to drive back four hours with this big incision and you got up early to be here. Where is Dave? You call and say, they're doing a surgery now. I'm like, oh my goodness, I should have been there. And then my friend Michelle called as I was driving up north back to Michigan, and she said, what in the world are you doing in the car by yourself? And she was so mad at you because you weren't with me. And I'm going to say, when I was talking to you, I was honest when I just said, I'll be fine. And even after the surgery, I thought, this is no big deal. I'll just drive back by myself. I do this stuff all the time by myself. All I can say is I blew it. Um, Again, you know, you can look at the thing and you said, oh, you don't need to come. You said that several times and that's who you are. You've used to pile three boys under the age of seven in a minivan and drive down to Atlanta without even blinking. And so that's just how you you roll. And you kept saying, no, it's just doctor's appointment. And I kept saying, oh, okay. I should have just overridden whatever you said now looking back and just said, I'm going. Like Jenny said, the word cancer is involved. It doesn't matter if you're going down just to take a picture of it. I need to be with you on that journey, especially now that it ended up being a major surgery moment in your life and I wasn't there. Hmm. I mean, I blew it. It's one of those learnings that I'll never get back. It's going to be a family legacy now <laughs> that I missed out on this moment to be your your partner. Mm. And I'm sorry. And I, the, one of the reasons we're talking about this on air is I don't want any other husband or wife to miss a moment in your life where you need to be there. How, whatever it is, it could be the most trivial thing in the world. Even if they didn't do the surgery that day. I should have been with you, drive down, drive back, cancel the day, which wouldn't have been any problem. I could have canceled everything, and I should have been there. Well, it's interesting. Um, I told, like I defended you. I just said, oh, I told Dave, I'm fine. You don't need to be there. And my friend said something to me. She said, why is that? Why are you so independent? That got me, as I'm driving my four hours home, I started praying and bringing God into the situation. It's always interesting when you bring him in. And I prayed and I was like, Lord, why do I 
not need anyone? Why am I so independent? Why am I so prone to say, I'm fine. I can do it. No big deal. Because I've done that our whole marriage. I asked God, like, Lord, is there anything, you know, is this a result of something from my past or wounds? Because we all have baggage that we carry into our marriage. And when I prayed that, this remembrance came into my mind of being 10 years old. And I was at a baseball tournament with my family. My dad was a coach and we were in Memphis, Tennessee. We drove there from Ohio and I made this horrible mistake when I shut my finger in the car door. How old were you? At this tournament, 10 years old. And we were about to go into this restaurant to eat dinner with the baseball team, my dad. And I walked in with my hand. I was holding it because It was bleeding so horribly. I had shut it really hard in the door. And my mom said to my dad, I need to take Ann to the hospital right away. So we go into this hospital, huge hospital in Memphis. I'm sitting there. My fingers bleeding horribly. But there's a man that comes in. I remember this at 10. He was shot in the chest. And he comes in on the gurney. And he goes right by me. And it took forever to get someone to look at my finger. It was broken. I needed stitches. It was terrible. It was a bad break. And my dad comes in and I'm thinking, oh, good. My dad's here to rescue me, to reassure me. And now I'm going to say this. My dad, it was a good man, but sometimes his priorities could get a little whacked. And he looked at me and he said, how stupid can you be? Like what kind of dumb mistake could you make? Like, how can you slam your finger in the car door? And I said, Dad, I I didn't mean to. Like, it was an accident. I didn't mean to. And he said, well, this just changes everything. Now what am I going to do? And I said, I'll be fine. Mom and I will just go back to the hotel and I'll be fine. And he said, well, this is terrible. Talk about an inconvenience. And he said, you know, I've got a baseball game to play. And That night, oh, I was in so much pain as that little 10-year-old. I don't think they gave me anything for pain, but I remember not being able to sleep all night. My finger was just throbbing and throbbing, but I couldn't get out of my head my dad's words to me, you know, like what a pain I was. How can I be so dumb to allow this to happen? And my response is, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Just go back to your baseball team. And what I remember praying was like, God, is that my response? Is that my protective response? Isn't it terrible I get teary about it? Um, Because I'm not worthy enough of someone's time or attention. As I was driving back, that's as I was praying to God, like, God, does my independence, my pridefulness of saying, I'm fine, I can do this alone, is that a self-protecting Thing that I've gotten into because of that incident is being 10 years old, the feeling like I shouldn't put anyone out of their way. I don't want to inconvenience someone because I'm not worthy enough of that kind of love. And I bring all that up because I think that we carry so much baggage of our past into our present. We don't always realize why we're triggered. We've had a lot of the same arguments in our marriage, and a lot of it's because of my own past of what I need and want from you, and you're not meeting those needs, and a lot of those needs are because of things I didn't get growing up. I think we're so busy and consumed with our everyday life that we don't always look back into our past. Sometimes that's a great thing a counselor can do to help us. Yeah, and when 
you know, when I hear that story about your dad, again, Dick Barron was an amazing guy. I loved him. And he apologized for that when I was older, like probably a few years ago, he apologized yeah, I mean, for that night. He taught me a lot about how to be a a man. Um, but, you know, I hear that story and I get so mad at him. I'm like, how in the world could you care more about a baseball tournament than your own daughter? And then I'm like, oh, I did the same thing. Mm. Made you feel the same way. So I know we had a deep conversation about this mm-hmm. weeks ago when you really voiced what you felt. It's one of those, you know, we talked about it and I thought it was over. Like I said, I'm sorry. And then you said it's okay. And then like a couple of days later, I think you shared sort of what you felt in that drive home that God revealed to you that this has been something you felt your whole life. Mm-hmm. Not important. Nobody cares. You're not, not worthy. You're not it. worthy enough to ask for somebody's help. And then that's when it hit me how deep this was and is and always has been. And I contributed to that. I said it then and I want to say it again. I am so sorry. I love you. You are worthy. You're incredibly worthy, not just because you're in Christ, but as a woman. And I am so sorry I missed that moment. And I ask your forgiveness. And I want to never miss that moment or any moment again. I want to be the one in your life that makes you feel worthy, that you never have to doubt that I would drop anything and everything to be there in any moment in your life. Mm. And trust me, I will be there. <laughs> Thanks, son. I have forgiven you and I do forgive you. And like, I love that I can process that with you. And I will say too, the good thing about the gospel, about Jesus, is my worthiness comes from him, his blood, his death for me. And I think that's that was a good reminder from God to me is Anne. The thing that makes you worthy is my my love, my death, my blood that was shed for you. So that I feel like it's so healing, but for your words too, like that is incredibly meaningful. And I know you'll be there. And I will try to not put all my needs aside, but to let you know when I need you and that it's okay to need you. So what would you say to a wife that's operating with the same beliefs that you have? I think a lot of us, as women, we can be self-protective because it hurts to be neglected or not seen or not heard or not cared about. I think the first step is to ask God, isn't it amazing that God brought that remembrance to my mind? I mean, the Holy Spirit, we call him the counselor. And I thought he was my counselor in the car. And I remember even in that moment, giving Jesus all of that happened and admitting like, Lord, this is, that was so painful. And I think what I've done as a result as an adult is I don't let people in. I don't want people to get too close because they might hurt me like that. And so I think that was a really good thing. And so to be honest, I think it's great. This is going to be crazy. I think it's great to share our life stories with our spouse. The things that brought us the greatest joy, the things that maybe were so hurtful, I think it really helps us to understand one another. 
I wonder if most couples have done that. Talk about the real highs, but the some of the great pain and lows. I mean, we didn't do it for for decades, honestly. But I, when I hear you say that, I think a lot of wives. It may be flipped in some marriages, but I think a lot of wives feel what you felt about their husband. His job's more important. Uh, he's chasing hard after other things. I'm not as important. Even the kids aren't as important. My dad as, used to tell my mom that. You're not as important as my job, just well, so you an, know. There's another truth that you grew, grew up, up with, with that might be a lie. Hmm. So that's why I'm bringing that up because I think what you felt a lot of women feel. And it may be, again, it may be flipped in the marriage because I think that sometimes we can feel the husband, like the kids are more important than I am. Oh, yeah. They're just, you care more about their welfare and how they're doing than how I'm doing. And so it can go both ways, but I just know that moment in our marriage, I it's one of those, oh, can we just go back, rewind, and I'm in the car, I'm driving down there, it's never going to go away, and yet it was connected to something deep in your soul, hmm. which is, you know, in my mind, not true. Well, I love I... you more than anything in the world, but it didn't. I didn't show it that day. When I shared with you my process and thinking of how I went back into the past, what did you think when you heard that with my dad? And the, like and I'm the biggest idiot in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, how did I miss that moment? I mean, I know your history and your past, and I know those wounds. Although, yeah, I mean, it highlighted... Even since that day, how often you still do that? Would you say to a wife, you need to go ahead and say to your husband, I need you there? Yes. Even though everything in you doesn't want to say if it. If I had said to you, can you please come? I need you. Oh, you would have dropped everything and been there for me. I should have anyway. I should have been able to say that, but I didn't feel it. I thought I would be fine, but I think that that's a defense mechanism that's in my life. And so I think to be aware of those, you know, why do we have some of those mechanisms and protections in our lives? Yeah, and I think we've said it a million times. Jesus said it, love is sacrifice. Mm. And so you lay down your life for your spouse. And if it means getting in a car and driving four hours down and four hours back, that's a little tiny sacrifice to be in a valley, which you don't even know is a valley, because I thought, oh, it's not a valley. Next week's the valley when she has the surgery, but this week's just a consult. You just never know. So mm -hmm. I think God is saying to us and every couple, be there. <laughs> There's nothing to add to well, it. Well, you be added... There. You added one little thing, which I think is significant. I think as wives and as moms, it's really easy, at least for me as a woman, to put my kids in front of you. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad visiting us. I've shared this here before, but at the dinner table, he made this comment as he's eating with our whole family and my mom, and he said, wow. Your kids really have it good. And I said to him, oh, thanks. That's nice of you. He goes, no, I mean, your kids have it really good, and they are they have it way better than Dave. You treat them way better than Dave. And I was super defensive. You thought I told him to say that. I did. But it's really easy for me to put them in front of you, and maybe it's because of little hurts. 
you know, along the way. I feel like my kids love me and I can love them unconditionally. But there's a covenant between the two of us. There's a vow that we've taken. And I don't think I always live out my vow of putting you before the kids. I don't do that well. I think that's true of a lot of us as wives. And why do we do that? Maybe because we're hurt. Maybe because we feel like our husbands put other things before us. So I think that may be a little pep talk today of asking you, like, how are you doing with your priorities of making sure your husband, you're loving him and making him a priority above your kids or grandkids? Yeah, and I would say the same thing to the guy, to the husband, to the dad. And I know we know this as men. Our job is not the most important thing. Our wife and our kids is the most important thing, and yet I don't think we often live that way. Mm. It's like we really think at the end of our life we're going to care about our job. We really aren't. Not saying your job's not important. Not saying you're not making an impact for the kingdom even at your job. I'm just saying in the end all that matters is love God and love others. Those others first are your family, Mm. your wife and kids. Man, when that gets out of order, all chaos breaks loose. So I would say start there. Ooh, that would be a really good question to ask. This is a scary question. Do you feel like I'm a top priority in your life? Like ask that as your spouse to your husband or wife. And then I would ask this too. Tell me a time in your life that you felt rejected. Ooh, that's deep. That might be a really good question. And how then, here's the next question, the follow-up question. How does that still affect you today, or does it? We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America... The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.